Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the next episode of the Catho Ray podcast. We've already recorded about 45 minutes. And when I say recorded, I mean not recorded. Because we did it, we had an error, and then we didn't hit, I, 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 me, my fault, didn't hit record. We already heard about day one and day two of the conference. We are going to go back and, and talk about the Retro World Conference. Uh, it's going to, maybe I'm going to leave the first intro in or something. I'm going to edit this somehow. I don't know <laughs> how we're going to pull this shit together. We talked well, about what we haven't say? had it. A- it's okay. We've been we've been apart for like a month, and we're yep. coming back already rusty. So that's even funny that you could you go through and do over thirty channel or shows together, and still come mm. back and uh, goof it up, right? So it's, it's okay. always goof it up. So here we are. So we've we've been away for a while. I've been uh, I've been moving apartment. So this, as you can see, my scene looks different here. Some familiar things in the background. My shelf is still. Uh, my wheels are up there. So I've moved apartment. Uh, my girlfriend and I finally bought a place. So I have a slightly larger room, a little bit larger, not super large, but I own it. Well, the bank owns it. Nevertheless, I own it, <laughs> apparently. So that's an important Your name's on step. there somewhere. Somewhere. The important part, right? Exactly. Yes, you can do it with what you can. So the That's bank awesome. gave us uh, some some permission to get this. It's quite close to the center. Before I was living like 30 minutes drive from the center. It was a bit of a hassle to get. Talad is a very, very small city. So 30 minutes, yeah. like you're like, whatever, that's close to town. No, no, that's really far away. So I'm here. Uh, I've been working I, and I've been moving because the, the place we're moving from, it's owned by the family. So there's no inspiration to get out. Like no like final deadline, like you have to be out today or something like that. So we've been moving and I've been working. And so we've only been living here for about five days now. Uh, I've been working a lot, doing hosting a lot of conferences, company summer parties. And uh, it's been good. I, I get out into the Estonian countryside and I yell at large groups of people for the day and get them to do things and it's real nice i i i, I we're, we're gonna do this game and that event and this thing and then there's a dinner and then there's drinks and it's very nice to socialize so i've been here's a weird idea living in the real world which is which is also what you've been doing because you've been there in the conference with everyone usually we're kind of glued to our computers making content looking at the algorithm communicating with our friends but you've been at the conference i've been here working a lot i'm happy it's been a very warm month of uh of august to work so i'm happy to get some work but the big thing because i was working so much uh, i could not uh jump over the pond to america to attend the retro world expo which is what you did steve and uh, yeah, this is what we're going to okay. talk about this episode. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, he goes. It's a. It was actually a good time. Like, if you had to move and like do this, it was kind of perfect timing for both of us because I needed all the time I really could handle to get things ready. I had some final touches to put on some repairs. I was getting um, set together, and then some monitors I was finishing up. Uh, some I, some things I was getting done. Try to get everything ready for that trip. Mm-hmm. And really, um, even if you know, we were, it would have been difficult for us to get together during that time period. So it kind of worked out uh, well and advantageous for us. We just like obviously got a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our yeah. start here, and so that's okay. Mm. That's what happens. That's what happens. Everybody, even us pros, can make it look. Uh, that's right. Messed us up pros. Sometimes. So us pros. So we're here. There's no, um, yeah, we're going to go through, we're gonna, I'm going to explain it or tell you some, we're going to talk about some cool stories from this trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an incredible weekend and 
really, uh, we wanted to get, I think, it's in the first couple minutes here, I wanted to give you a little teaser, because again, we're going to be talking about Expo, and specifically the Retro mm-hmm. World Expo, and mm-hmm. the teaser is this, we're going to talk about the worst thing at this Expo, um, I'm going to go in and tell you the truth about what the worst thing is, the worst mm-hmm. that happens... Uh, Lewis doesn't know this yet. I, I'm kind no, of no. I don't know. It. I'm not sure. So I assumed uh, it was something to do with Bob, but it's not. It's yeah. Just something. Well, Bob probably would have seen it too. Um, so no, thankfully, sure. thankfully everybody kept themselves out of trouble. Predominantly, you know, nothing okay, serious good. happened. There, there are some funny, like memorable moments that we're going to get into today that you wouldn't believe. Um, like I couldn't have made them up. They're so funny. Mm. So. Uh, just a weird situation here and there from that weekend. But, uh, yeah, it was the end of August. It's 2022, and we're going to the Retro World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut uh, for a uh, for this expo. And mm. the idea was that Bob had reached out to a lot of us that are some of you know your favorite retro creators, anybody that's in this space kind of that uh, we deal with and ask that, you know, were they interested in coming to this specific event because Bob was going to have an extended table there hmm. and there was an opportunity, you know, for us all to get together, possibly if anybody was interested. So um, thankfully, a lot of people jumped on board because we said a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to really do anything like this uh, since the pandemic. I mean, personally, I've gone and I made a video about me going to one other show since I think the pandemic and that right. was yeah you made that I, yeah yeah and I randomly did run into a friend of mine at that show and we talked mm. a lot but it was like the first thing we'd done and then so this was the first one where a lot of us were gonna uh, plan what on was being with together. that why and and I and I have no idea why how come this conference was the one everyone was going to there's other conferences happening around America or yeah around so I think it was about the time I think it was about like the arrangement um, is definitely more convenient. For Bob, since he lived in Connecticut, sure. so it's on the East Coast. It's really close to New York. There's, it's one of the mm. top, you know, probably five, I think, uh, maybe retro conventions like that in the country. Mm. I, I definitely heard there were bigger ones in other places, but again, you're talking about something that might be in like Portland, Oregon, which is mm. completely the other side of the country from here, and then maybe something somewhere else. I don't know, California. I'm not really sure. This was, again, the first one. Uh, I also think that Bob was able to plan it a little bit better considering that he always knew he would be there and wouldn't have mm. to like go and actually be out of town for this all to happen. So uh, that was all good. There was the convention. It was available. And then, you know, just being able to coordinate it with that. Uh, plus, it was, I think, a good weekend where a lot of people – we're going to plan on being there anyway, maybe, right? Okay. This is kind of like where people would already, some of these other people were already going to be there with like a table next to it. Like My Life in Gaming, hmm. Lawn TV, um, Scarlet Sprites. Hmm. Uh, they all had uh, specific tables for themselves. Even like the gaming historian was there in the same way. Wow, as us. everyone's yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, Game Dave. I'm trying huh. to think about. There's a couple other guys. Pixel Dan, who's like, um, did like He Man, a book, uh, and like pictures. And so you could, these are all YouTube people. And then Jeremy Parrish was there across oh, yeah. from us. And so a lot of people. Uh, I didn't know most. I mean, I knew Jeremy from before meeting him. 
Uh, mm. We had we'd had lunch one time at an d- event once a few years ago before. Uh, it was really funny. I didn't even know who he was. I just like asked him to lunch one time at, at a convention. We were both together. And then we just started talking. And then, uh, he he t- turned. This was years years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, we all had this one area, and then like that was what I think was gonna bring it. Was like Bob kind of threw an invite out there and a lot of people would come or they wouldn't be able to come. So hopefully a lot of people would come and a lot of people did. Uh, A lot of people would come to um, just come to that retro RGB booth and hang out and talk and show off maybe some products again, behind the scenes to things, Mm -hmm. to people to talk about kind of where things are on development of their items like citrus uh, 3000 PSI, Dan, I mean, Mm -hmm. he had a, uh, he had a prototype that he was showing me of his infinity switch and like the final design of that and how it's all going to work together. And like, mm. yeah. So is that questions. thing that infinity switch? So you can just keep adding yeah. stuff to it, right? Keep adding I mean, modules. There's a, there's a point where you might have to do something else. Like right. where after you add like a 10th one, I'm not sure you might have to add a secondary, like primary board or something because it just like won't go past like yeah, 10 sure. inputs, 10, yeah. 10 like connections. So that's what he said he's trying to figure out. And they redesigned it to be a little bit more uh, cost effective, user friendly and um, things like that. And it looks great. I mean, it looked awesome. And so there was, you know, that there, but he would have been like, he was like me, came to this retro RGB booth and hung out at the booth. Um, Epis Vox was there. Uh, beast was there and then like uh the guys from a lot of guys from new york a fight game community mm, the new york um, Earth, jose yeah. cruz was there mm. and a lot of guys that are just in the new york area were hanging out uh, artemio was there with a couple of the other people from the 240p test suite which was awesome to meet them he had a couple panels um so you know again it was a chance for a lot of people to kind of come together and then since everybody had the convention center there at Hartford is set up where it has uh, the convention center on one side, and then right next to it, attached to it, is this Marriott Hotel, which is probably the nicest hotel in that area. And so there was a, you know, you could go stay at the Marriott, which the majority of people did, and they just walk to the convention, right? You didn't have to do mm-hmm. anything. Sure. Um, so that's what the plan was. Is then you randomly, mm-hmm. I mean, if you came downstairs, you'd be hanging out with mm. a lot of people that were staying at the hotel that would just be coming down to have a drink or have a conversation or do something else funny. And so that was like the whole plan, I think. And then the whole weekend, um, I know Bob was able to get some cool, hopefully podcast things done. So we'll see you in the next couple of weeks. So could, you know, keep watching retro RGB for that stuff. That would be really fun. Um, Cause you'll get to see a lot of the people in uh, that were there that got to speak with him at the convention center. Uh, but, you know, that was so that was like the nice high end side if you were staying at the Marriott. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, but, but were you staying the at the Marriott, Steve? Right? No, well, yeah, okay, no, no. So that was like the clean cut, nice experience, right? You yeah. go to these, um, the convention was great. I'll have some kind of footage playback. I've got a bunch of footage I took, but it's random and I don't really have a plan for it. I saw some funny things there. Um, there was like a cool video wall with a couple of prison TVs set up there. That was pretty awesome. Okay. And then uh, they had everything sectioned off. So there was like an arcade zone in the pack that had all these wow. arcade machines oh. and pinballs. Mm-hmm. And then the other side would have 
um, consoles on a bunch of flat screens. And then there was a retro section where they were doing some kind of retro gaming competition. Mm. And so they had, I got some footage of that. They probably had 20 Trinitron TVs out there uh, just set up for that. Maybe not that many, but about that. Sure, and sure. one of the things that I caught on film was they were doing this uh, Tetris tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And there was... There was this guy with a cowbell, and he's just like ringing this cowbell, ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding, and it's like <laughs> right behind this dude's head. I'm like, what is he doing? And this dude is just sitting there looking at this Trinitron, and I'm looking at his screen, and it's like maxed out on the points, right? And so they're mm-hmm. having a ding every time somebody's watching his counter and like keeping his score. And he's got the controller literally upside down, like if this oh, is yeah. the controller, and it's set on his knee. And he's just, he's got a Michael Jackson glove, a Michael Jackson glove on, and he's just doing this. He's got a Tetris glove. He's got a special glove. Yeah, and he's play. just doing this. And I like filled it for two minutes just doing yeah. that. And it was just like. Those Tetris guys like, are nuts. They're bananas. I was like, what right? in the he's... heck is this guy doing? So there was a lot of interesting things I'd never seen. Like that had happened. Uh, yeah. There was another section of the, um, now this was another cool thing I caught one snippet of i hadn't been to a show where they actually did like a live auction so you could go register an item in the morning Mm -hmm. and they'd cap it at 100 and then in the afternoon each day they did an auction for that item that's whatever it could have been a lot sometimes they were like Mm -hmm. lots of atari stuff Mm -hmm. uh like saturn games i got one of those auctions going so i got some footage of an entire auction going off of a saturn game um and how would you that, what what you observed of the, so I could come along I've got some games I've got some hardware or something and I could put it up from your observation of the auctions how were the prices going for below market average market inflated what do you think at the auction they appeared to yeah. be going below and okay. I think that was one of the issues and that's what we're going to get into here you're getting close to the worst part of this whole oh, experience cool. and I think that it'll be quite agreeable here but anyway <laughs> the yeah the auctions. They would go off and be really quick, you know, hey, gay, Mary, and then like just walking around and then somebody be doing a real auction thing. It was, I mean, it was cool huh. to watch a little bit of. Um, then they'd have a whole area that was playing different card games. Like, I imagine Magic the Gathering. I couldn't imagine anything else would have that many people at it. But it may be. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. and then it was just vendor booths, vendor booths, vendor booths, vendor booths. And then, like, over in this one section, it was kind of all of us creators, I think. Um, like I told you the names of, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's some you people saying, that I'm not yeah. thinking of. And then, um, so there's that mm-hmm. area. And then like around us, Bob had his friends. So we had Brooklyn video games, which is the may a really cool video game store in Brooklyn and arcade. Mm-hmm. They have there. I've been there. It's cool. And yeah. then they've got, um, you go down to the other side, right behind us. And like right behind our booth was Ryan from Castlemania. So, nice. like, it was just a curtain between us. So mm-hmm. often I'd just pull the curtain and, like, go sneak up behind Ryan. <laughs> and, like, I got to – so I would – and I was doing that all day. And then, like, beside him was Greg from Laser Bear. Mm-hmm. And so they were the four of them. And um, we were all using Greg's power. <laughs> we were, like, talking with Greg, like, um, uh, negotiating watts. Like how many watts <laughs> we were each allowed to use so that he could maintain his booth. Because they were like, pay, make us pay 100 bucks for access to electricity for the booths. 
Really? And I was like, oh, well, that's going to screw everything up. So we were like, I was so funny. I was like, so if you yeah, wanted yeah. power at your booth, it was an yes. extra hundred bucks. The convention center was charging the, the actual vendors an extra hundred dollars to hook up electricity. Oh, so, is that like, do you have electricity problems? I never had that. There? I had never had that happen before. I had okay. never been to a Because electricity, where, where I live in Estonia, in Europe, electricity is a big thing right now. Like due to mm. the war with Russia, shit's Maybe getting real and, and uh, we have problems. And I don't know, they've got some like multi-country network or something. So we actually have a webpage that I can go to and I can see the electricity price hour by hour and it gives you the price like 24 hours ahead. So my girlfriend and I, when I like, we're doing, we're, we're setting the dishwasher to run at midnight. We're running clothes at midnight now. Like this new apartment we moved in has a sauna. No chance we're running it in the middle of the day. It's going to be very expensive. So it's going to be midnight saunas for us. So that's like something, and I've never done this before. This is something very new to me to look at your electricity usage. And I understand like as many of us in the retro gaming community do, I have a, like half a power station here, you know, of devices and CRTs and, and all sorts of things that are going to suck power up and, I bought a uh, an adapter that like something from AliExpress that'll sit between the plug and the wall and tells you the usage. So I'm gonna progressively go around the whole house, and I lo and behold, I think my room is going to be the the the, the guilty one of where our power is going. So power is like on our minds yeah. here a lot. So I was wondering if that was causing that problem. If you have that I, issue with power in America, it's right gotta now. be. It's part of that because the costs have gone up. No matter what, mm -hmm. like my, I've got surcharges on my bill where I get just an extra extra percentage that's gone up every month, and it's up to sixty percent. So I have a certain amount of usage that I get billed mm -hmm. for, and then they charge me a fee of sixty percent of that right now. On top yeah, of that, right. it's called a fuel surcharge, and that's like been doing that. That's the most it's been since I've gotten it was sixty sixty percent. It was like so yeah. It's I mean that's the way we get dealt with it most of the time is they just bill us. They won't like tell you to do what you're doing but that is smart to mm. go around and check your usage and what's going on there's some uh, usage graph yeah also so, what what um well, that's what they yeah. they did they but they charged that's that could have something bucks. to do with that to maybe have, but still for like a power like okay so anyway so you were all like trying to make a deal with greg yeah like, so yo, yo, yeah, we like, oh, board, that's yo. why and then one of the reasons i was fine to go spend some money in his booth and then ryan's booth ryan had ryan had two some games there which i was able to pick up mm -hmm. uh these are not in like the full decked out like collector's edition stuff but i got this guy Eris, which okay. is like a retro bit re-release it's awesome and then the wily nice. wars mega man so nice. i got both of these from him they're like 60 what, what? bucks each what console are they for? Are they Mega Sega? Drive? Yeah, Sega? Mega Drive. Mega yeah, Drive. Check it nice, out. Nice, they nice, look nice, awesome. Nice. So, like, here's the one. Look at that beautiful. Oh, that plastic looks dope. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That looks. It's really got a nice cool. like beveled edge in there, and I mean, oh, it's you got to have the beveled edge. Stuff. Oh yeah. Oh my god, Voltar's so are... gonna fire up if you don't have the beveled yeah, edge. Yeah, those are beautiful. <laughs> so they're good. Um, I've been playing those. This is a, this is a shmup that, um, it's this is this is a funny example. So this mm -hmm. he had a stack of these and these again he like like he like produces these or helps okay. sell them and 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 something like that. So he had these were extras he had he brought with him from Washington Ryan. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Castlemania games and he brought some um, some mod kits again. Greg had a bunch of mod kits, uh, but nothing I needed. So I bought these games. Well, this game sold out like pretty quickly, 
And the okay. reason yeah, I figured it out when I came home, why? Because my, my son's been obsessed with looking up the eBay price on anything that might be a collectible for all <laughs> the reasons right now, I guess. So he's like, oh, this game right here, Dad, this game right here is selling for $95, 95 wow. And I'm like, oh, well, cool. But uh, that's what it was. See, he had him priced at just his normal price. They're like 60 bucks. Mm. So I went on eBay last night and I looked and it was like <laughs> 20 new listings from sh- sh- suckers who went to this show, bought this game and think they're going to go flip it online and right. make like $20 after fees. I was just laughing, thinking this would be a perfect example for that guy. Right. Uh, Guess what? Supply and demand. There you go. That's right. The so now, supply like, the just got released onto the market. Them. Yeah, flooded the market's flooded. So <laughs> at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I got those. I was super happy. I like both those games. I've been able sure. to play them. It's been a while. I've actually been playing a lot of them with my kids and stuff to so try to get them to think about it. I also got mm. this really cool gift from Artemio, mm. which is the new edition of the. This is actually a special, so dope. Uh, unique edition for me. With a special thank you screen, it's so sweet of him to give me this nice, awesome uh, gift right here. It's uh, the new edition for was, that. Were any of those console. being offered for sale by anyone? Like no, a regular no, no. edition? Uh-uh. This was just stuff he brought. He wow. knew that I liked the Super Nintendo version the most, so he gave me a choice between this and oh. the Super Family Com. Yeah, yep. Super Family the Com Super style. It, it's the one I use. Because yeah. this is the one. Well, and this is the one that I had. You know, like this was the cartridge in my country. That yeah, was how yeah, they yeah, looked. Sure, that's the American so that's, style. Like to me, that was the. That was a kind he let, I wanted it. So um yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I picked up. I didn't really pick up anything else because the worst showing- part here it is. 20 minutes. Okay, 20 let's minutes. do it. Let's do worst. it. Here we are. Here's your tease. <laughs> and look, you're going to get this part and you have to stay along for the stories cuz we're going to get into story time All after right. this and it's going to be much better, everybody. So okay. the worst part was Ding, ding, ding. These vendor sellers. I mean, what a surprise, right? So vendor you were, sellers. Vendor sellers. Not now, not every one of them, because I'm not, I can't paint a straw, like a large brush and give it to everybody. Mm. There were a couple that were good, normal vendors that were um, out working and then, you know, bargaining with people. I could tell. I, I talked to Shank a lot. He was, he was running around trying to make bargains all the time. It was great to watch him. So he, um, Anyway, the problem was is that for some reason the um, a large portion of vendors they did have a lot of rare items or like you know a wide variety of items you wouldn't normally see, mm. uh, but they were all priced at you know twenty percent. the The average was twenty percent over, over like the buy it now East eBay price. A lot of these things. So you're and saying so, a vendor to you is a vendor is not like uh, what to say, not like uh, Castlemania or not like Laser Bear who are kind of selling their own products, but a reseller of yeah. retro games or hardware or something like this. Yes, because okay. again, you were talking to the other guys I just mentioned were selling um, their own products or mm. mod kits. It's new stuff, and mm. and like I said, not everybody was like this. Like I bought stuff from. Brooklyn video games he didn't like change his prices or anything it's normal prices mm-hmm. and he like he, I'll give you a great example coming up right in a second for for pricing things so yeah. um he because I went to the booths and that was like the that was the key that a lot of us were talking about you know that were just there like me that were in there so I'm talking about like um displaced gamers Chris from displaced gamers I talked to him mm-hmm. a lot and he was there a lot, um, and and then uh, Justin from Console Kits. He was walking around the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, if anybody knows Mason, he's the guy who does all the thumbnails for like oh, yeah, Bob yeah, yeah. and those retro uh, Ralph. Mm. He was walking around and Tito and the consensus was really like everybody was just, oh, man, I can't believe, you know, the prices and this stuff. And then sometimes mm. you would ask them to make a little bit of a deal and they wouldn't even take like a decent offer on items. And mm. uh, so I, and, and when it was Sunday, I was standing there with, I can't remember who we were having the same discussion. It might've been Clint Cronin. If anybody uh, follows Clint, um, he's another guy in the scene. And he, we were talking about like what people were buying and, there was like nobody you could see all the vendors still had a lot of stuff on their tables mm. and I saw a bunch of people walking around, but I didn't see a lot of them buying stuff. Right. Yeah. And the ones that were buying stuff were coming and buying like $30 books from Jeremy Parrish about, and those are cool stuff, right? Mm. Like their creator's books or something like again, or original, um, people like original stuff original they're stuff, buying. Yeah. And most of this stuff that's just like retro stuff. I think all these people thought like this, boom season of booming Mm. that was there last year while the pandemic was going on and everybody had all this money they don't realize that that's over and uh it really i I don't know i mean i was really surprised because i thought for sure i've done those kind of reselling before and i thought for sure on day two there would have been more people that would have had like making deals come make Mm. offers uh, i don't want to take it home i want to cash is king and there was nothing like that and um uh, there was really nothing like that there was uh a lot of merchandise i'd noticed that i was like oh wow it's cool i see a jvc xi oh wow it doesn't look that in good a condition it's the console only listed for 350 dollars at this booth you can go get that all day for that price on ebay yeah. like and just be patient i was like why would anybody splurge on an item hmm. you know at 20 percent over the market price and right. so I know that that was the case a lot of times. Um, there were some good deals to be made. I mean, there's plenty of people that bought items. There's still that. I was going to I'm not. it's not fair for me to say that everybody's like that because I mm. guarantee you one quarter to one third of the vendors were would have been, like I said, a lot of those people that have been there five times, a bunch of times, know what it's like. They don't want to go home with a bunch of stuff usually. Right. And, if, uh, and they're trying to make as much money as they can over the weekend. A lot of the people that I talked to that were specifically selling stuff, I asked them how they did, and it was pretty. E- it's a pretty even uh, thing. Everybody said they were about breaking even, maybe a little mm. bit positive, but it's a lot of work to make mm. break even. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those people had to put the hotel rooms, and yeah, yep. you're making a lot of money come in. You have to make a lot of money to actually profit good cool. from some of these events. So. Um, that's that was the one thing I was just shocked by. I didn't I didn't I felt like a lot of stuff wasn't moving, and uh, I yeah, got it's interesting I mean, I the supply like and demand of it. Uh, that yeah, those vendors and it's, and it's interesting that those vendors didn't want to adapt their attitude. So I guess that's how things go as the markets change progressively over time they're still in that mode of like I mean who knows maybe they bought a bunch of stuff and they've got it in their brains they're oh, this is, it's worth this, it's going to be this, and that's not where things are going, or they think this is the hive of where all the collectors are going to be. But it turns out, if you're going to that expo, you might actually be kind of savvy to begin with. That's the reason you're coming to that place. I don't know, that's interesting. It's not a larger bunch of, uh, like, just laymen or, how to say, civilians or or something like that. It, It could be. It's so interesting they don't 
didn't want to give in. Well, and I always, when I always did my pricing and everything, it always had to be uh, less than eBay because you're paying ten percent to fifteen percent to eBay fees if you sell it on eBay. So I never understood. My thing was always Mm -hmm. like, well, if they're going to look at the price, they look online, they're going to see that it's less than. So they can't, you know, really complain about the price. And Mm -hmm. I never had this problem. I was always making. Uh, deals though at the end of the days at things you know people buying yeah. bundles um but it is what it is i think a lot of people uh may be new to this game and think there's something oh you think maybe, that's it because it's maybe like maybe i mean if you some, maybe, if you know your thing if you're a guy or a person money who whatever. is in the trade you're buying stuff you've been in it for a while you know you don't want to go home empty-handed you know exactly what you say cash is exactly king. i don't want to hold this shit home i gotta sell it but so many people just sticking to their guns and saying, no, 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 this is it. Like, uh, okay, bro, I guess you get to haul it all home and don't take any cash home today. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the way this, I feel like this show went for a lot of those mm. guys. Because <laughs> actually a funny mm. moment, I, have, I was, um, since I was wheeling and dealing at the booth, I was wheeling mm. and dealing at Bob's booth. I, I had a couple PVMs. Uh-huh. And I brought them. I had restored them. There, one of them was a promo video I made about it. So mm-hmm. I brought three total. They were the four series 13 inch PVMs: a 41, a 43 MD, and a 44 Q. Okay. And they're all 14 inches, are they? Sorry. Yes. Okay. So, and they're all the same basic mm-hmm. monitor family. So there really wasn't a lot of difference between them, except for they were three different models of the same line. So very similar. But since I was doing that, I needed to go in and out of this expo a lot. Uh, to move things. So Bob, I went with Bob and he, you know, was checking in and he's like, come with me, just come with me. And I was like, great. So I just like was hanging out with him. He's like, what's up guys? Yeah. What's up? What's up here? This is, I need my badge and this is retro tech. He needs his badge. And so they just gave me like the all access <laughs> behind stage, do whatever you can. Like nobody mess with you badge yeah, because yeah, I yeah, was yeah. literally going down to the parking garage bringing CRTs up and down through the mm. middle of the show. And I didn't need to be waiting through this line. So they were like, let me go into exits. So I was like, yeah, I love that. Right. So, um, it was the end of the show Sunday, five fifteen PM. And I've been taught a lot of people were taken off. Like, you know, that's the thing you get to the show and there's like one day where everybody's there together. And mm-hmm. then, and then like that evening people start flying away. Yeah, like going home. Yeah. Like somebody like Epus Fox Saturday night was like, all right, man, I'm out of here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, damn. I was like, I feel like I didn't even get to like hang out with you very much because I always wanted to talk to him. And mm. he's somebody I've known from before. So I, I did get to talk to him some. But at the same time, you like sad because you didn't yeah. get to see enough time. And that's kind of the way it started going. Right. So the second day, um, Displaced Gamers and then Justin from Console Kits and Mason the four of us kind of like talked. We were all going to be there till Monday. And so we're like, let's go out to dinner after the show and, sure. you know, just get a good dinner. And so like, yeah, let's do that. So it, it, the show's ended. I've taken the rest of my gear to go pack up in the minivan. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris is just walking around the the displaced gamers with a regular badge. And I get a t- I go back in the show. It's like 515. I'm wandering around. And Chris sends me a text saying, hey, man, they kicked me out of there since I didn't have that fancy pass you had. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, okay. And well, I'm, I'm, so I turn around. I'm like, I'm in here. I'm all the way at the back. I'll turn around and walk out and meet you. And I'm walking through there, dude. And the vendors, right? This is right after the show shuts down. They're in there uh-huh. cussing, packing, 
pissed off package, you know, like, oh, mother, this shit, what I do all this shit, I lose money. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, see, I was right. You guys didn't, you know, yeah. you got greedy and then you wouldn't even come off your prices. And some of those guys, so they, they learn the lesson the hard way, which is a good thing to learn. So true. You got to know <laughs> I'm when glad to make everybody, a deal. And I'm glad yeah. everybody didn't go and just like waste money, like spend an extra because it's to spend mm. to help support this stuff. Kind of because there's there's more mar there's, there needs to be enough margins in this where these guys, if they can't, you know, they need to be selling this stuff below eBay prices because that's sure. Why would right. you? Why? I mean, I guess you could take you get it the away eBay today. guarantee. And it's like I don't have to make it. It takes mm. away all the. Uh, um decisions you make like on the fly right okay you're not going to make like a bad decision whereas like with my pvms right i sold those and it was because people were like look i I don't think i'm ever going to see one of these again um this is the first time i've ever seen one in person there was Mm -hmm. a half a dozen people told me that and and oh man this is so great so i kept getting this this number right so somebody be like oh steve come here steve you know bob and like jose cruz were sitting there and they're like we're going to Oh, and Steve's dropped out again. I don't know if you can see this great uh, freeze frame that Steve has done, but I'm going to stop the recording here. We're going to try and get Steve back. We've had a lot of issues today. Is it me? Is it the new place? What's going on? A few minutes later. So you were talking about that you and Chris, you were hanging out and you were going to get some dinner uh, on the final yeah, day. We were, and then we saw the, all the vendors get upset, you know, because they didn't make any. Oh, that's uh, I mean, right. Some yeah. of them didn't make any money. So that's what, you know, happened is when they didn't make the money. So they were upset. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then like the four of us went to dinner. We had a good dinner at this fancy restaurant across the street. And it was, nice. I mean, it was, it was a nice getaway because we had been at the hotel like most of the time. So we we're like, let's go somewhere else. And just to get away for a little bit. But, um, you know, that was kind of like the fun, everything overview of the show part of the weekend. Some of the crazy, like behind the scenes (laughs) stuff that you won't find anywhere else is like, so a good story would be um, Shank had a couple buddies that were like professional uh, or they were on the melee scene. Okay. Like the Smash Brothers melee scene. So they're sure, really sure, into this. Yeah. And they're all like in their 20s. And mm-hmm. they're telling, uh, Shank introduces them to me at the hotel. And he's like, oh, you got to meet these guys. You got to meet these guys. Uh, and I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, come on. Let them come over here. I'd love to talk to them. And then they're younger, you know, in their 20s. And they're really cool. One guy, he makes mods for the game. And that's his thing is he does all these different modifications of the mm. game. And then the other guy fixes controllers at the tournament. And they're like, oh, man, you're from so-and-so Virginia. I'm like, yeah. He's like, we were just down there. There was a huge smash tournament like two weeks or last week. And I was like, really? He said, yeah. He's like, oh, man, you should really get into this. And Shake's like, listen to these guys. Listen to these guys. And they're like, these guys are crazy about tubes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, tubes? Yeah, of course, right? CRTs. They're like, oh, no, man, they're crazy about tubes. And he's like, the whole show is a tournament. And everything's on tubes, and it's these halls, and it's in these tubes. But it is like, but the last one, the tubes are just like dog trash, right? Yeah, okay, whatever, like, whatever consumer shit. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Sometimes you go, and it'd be like, it's a random draw, so you get stuck in a TV, and it's like purple only on the left side <laughs> of the screen, <laughs> and and then like sometimes like it's the convergence is off, and it give oh, you a headache man. to play on it. And he's like, the last one, though, 
uh, caught, we had a CRT catch on fire in the middle of the tournament, and it was awesome. <laughs> and so he pulls up this video on his phone, and his TRT just so short down, and this big puff of smoke comes out in the middle of this Dang. smash melee tournament. And I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> is is this video. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, it's the smash scene, man. You got to get into it. And I'm like, hey, you know, it actually sounds kind of cool. Sounds cool. I mean, you would be walking around there. You just sort of casually oh. walk in, and they'd be like, that's the guy. That's the no, guy. That's, people that's start whispering. Funny. I was He's walking around, guy. and there was... There were these other guys. He's like, oh, uh, Shank's like, oh, uh, these these other melee guys would all show up, and I'm telling you, they're all like in the same age bracket, like mm, under thirty, of guys. course, twenty yeah. to thirty. And mm-hmm. uh, this other guy shows up, and he's like, come over here and meet this other guy from from Smash. This is Shank at another time, and and the reason he says keep over here and meet, I'm like, I'm running around in the hotel lobby, like between the bar and the this other seating area, saying hey mm-hmm. to people, right, talking, conversations, bouncing between everybody I can to try to do some networking and just say hello and see everybody and talk to people. And Shank would just be coming up, hey, come check this out. They had taken a JVC, the 15-inch JVC uh, Pro CRT, and they Uh had it set up in the hotel lobby, like right when you walk in (laughs) past the checkout desk, they had it set up with Smash (laughs) Melee on it, just sitting there playing. So these Smash guys were playing, and I'd be like, oh, come over here and meet this other guy. Come over here and meet this other guy. And then it was, it, it started, you know, I'm sitting there having a couple of beers and hanging out with uh, Dan again, Citrus mm. 3000 PSI. We're hanging out. He's drinking a couple of drinks. We're just sitting there. It's getting late. And Shank for like two hours keeps coming up to us, jumping in between us. Hey, I, I mean, this has got to be the greatest thing in the world. When are you two going to face each other at, at Melee? Come on. It's right <laughs> over here, 10 feet away. And we are all and we kept giving him, all right, young man, one more drink. <laughs> one more drink for the old timers. And then it was literally like two hours later, and I was like, oh, shit, we forgot to go play for Shake. Let's go do this. And then he's like, yeah, okay, let's go do this. So uh, we're, uh, we're getting ready, and we go, and, and I'm sitting there, and it's like, all right, here's the deal. The two guys I was telling you about that did the mods and the controllers, they're like, we're going to coach Dan. So they're sitting there like coaching him, right? Like (laughs) he's sitting over this side. I'm sitting on this side and Shank's like, I'm going to be your coach. And I go, okay, Shank, whatever. I don't know what to do. And he's like, just trust me. He's like, "Uh, pick Peach. And I'm like, Peach? Really? Peach? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I don't think I've ever picked Peach in this game. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah, Peach, Peach. And I'm like, you're trolling me or messing with me or something. And then I picked Peach. And then the two guys are going over there with Dan. They're going, oh, he picked Peach. We got to pick this guy. We got to pick this guy. <laughs> so guy can be Peach. Like it matters. Like it's yes, going to be a like big this thing whole between strategy, you two. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get into this match, <laughs> and they've got it decked out with like, I don't know, like seven of us or however many we have to fight each other down. Like we each have seven men. So it's like Uh eight minute matches, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Between me and him. And at the beginning, we're just like, he's like, they're just like, just use the stick, only the stick. And then I'm like, Shank, how do I block? And this is the funny, you're not allowed to block. You don't (laughs) press block. You're not allowed to block. You just press that stick. That's it. And he's like the whole time. He's like, get up there. Don't, don't, don't run. Just walk, walk slow and then do the stick. And so, we're doing that. He's got Dan's got his groupies over there telling him what to do with his character Marth, and he's, you know, we're having this back and forth like stupid battle, like you know. <laughs> and then I, I finally figured out how to float back in the screen. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. and Dan was getting pissed. 
he was getting super pissed because I could pull out an umbrella and mm-hmm. float back into the screen. And that's I was like, I would do that forever and then just do that cheap move and then beat him. And so, like, I beat him the first round, and it came down to, like, the last person. And then mm-hmm. he beat me the second round, and it came down to the last person. And then, like, the third round we did it, and I just whooped his ass on it the third round. And so it was great, but I was laughing. I was like, these kids were into it. It was like a 30-minute match mm-hmm. between me and Dan in the lobby at midnight on this show on a, on a CRT uh, for these Melee that's great. Melee it sounds like fanatics. those melee guys just like walk around with consumer tubes, yeah. just like ready to go. With it. I saw that picture of Shank in the lobby and I was like, right. That so was it. He's just set up on a table and like, boom, here we go. We're ready so to play. The, the, that's the, the JVC monitor that only has S video and composite normally. Mm. And so they didn't have the card that it wasn't made by Martin, but it's similar to Martin's cards. Okay. You know, where he has the reproduction card so you can add RGB oh, or component. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was one for this JVC monitor, and that was another thing. So I had gone from the whole being at the show the whole day. It's Saturday, you know, with uh-huh. um, the, all the people talking everything. And then I went to my hotel, my <laughs> Airbnb, which I don't even know that we got into that. The Airbnb, and then I got cleaned up, and then I came back to the lobby, and I had to walk around, and I was sweating like a dog. And then Bob... Bob Shank and Epis Fox were like, hey. And I was like, oh, man, what the heck do you guys have on your mind? Right? They're all <laughs> looking at me like, hey, we've been waiting on you. They're and up I'm to like, something. Yeah, I'm looking at my phone, and they're like yeah. sending me Twitter messages. I haven't even checked <laughs> my phone. I'm like, they probably think I'm dodging them or something. Uh-huh. So I'm, uh, I'm like, what do you guys have on your mind? And Shank's like, so Bob told me he gave you one of those cards for this JVC so we could get RGB on it. Well, he wanted and Bob's like, yeah, can we go get that card so that I can give them it? And I was like, it's in the van. And he's like, yeah, it's in the van. And one of those monitors I got, you know, we swapped out. I'm like, uh-huh. sure. So they're all like, Oh, we want to go. We want to go, you know, look at the van. Right. So it's, it's everybody walks out to the other end of the convention center parking lot and we're all going to this minivan Mm-hmm. And I'm, I push, it's got all the automatic doors. I open every door and they're all like, oh, you know, CRT van full of BVMs, PVMs. And so, I mean, I'm like, damn, I wasn't planning on you guys getting in here or like looking for something. Where is this monitor? And of course, it's like in the middle under stuff. And the, mm. we pull it out and uh, the card that's in it has been screwed in with a Phillips head screwdriver. Ah! And so I'm like, we don't have a screwdriver. We're sitting there in a parking lot. We cannot be stopped by the screwdriver. And so all of a sudden, Epis Vox says, I got something. And he pulls out his debit card. He pulled out his debit Visa card. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, right, man. Shut up. We're just going to have to go. I'm like, let's get out of here. I'm already uh-huh. like worn out. I'm like, I'm sweating like a pig. I just walked back and forth in the hot parking lot. I wanted to get AC. And uh, they were all just laughing. And all of a sudden, within a minute, he's like, I got it. And he had unscrewed the Phillips head screws <laughs> with this debit card. So I was just sitting with Bob and I said, you know, one day I hope like 20 years from now we can all sit back and laugh about the time Epis Vox used yeah. his credit card to pull a JVC card out of a monitor to give to Shank. And it's like a minivan I rented to take CRTs to Bob. I was like, if we're all doing this 20 years from now, it's going to be the funniest just story for us to sit back and laugh. I mean, at. the budget stuff there. First of all, I would be worried that it's going to break my card. That's the thing. Is it like the, right? The card I know isn't that's going to be strong like, enough, but it was hard. 
but it was strong exactly. enough. Next, so these boys have got the JVC monitor. It accepts the card. But wait, wait, yeah. wait. If you've got the if you've got the 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 uh, NTSCU console, that only outputs well, uh, okay, S video natively, and then what? I guess they've got the component cables because no, they they're were the using, melee boys. Um, they were using a modded Wii. Oh, okay. Right, so that right. was their so thing. Got, so they, they were getting what they could get. Compo- they could get component out pretty they easily. They could get whatever. Yeah, they wanted. They were using component. Yep. Oh, okay. Because so I think that was that was what was they it. Did. Mo- was it? Uh, I guess you don't know. Was it hard modded or soft modded? It might have been a bit of both. Because I know. So I think sure. the Wii and and our viewers can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Wii o- like physically hardware wise like the. The Japanese and NT uh, and NTSC ones can only do component, and it's the uh, European ones that do RGB uh, natively. And no doubt, look, you could install a mod or something like that. But I think even yeah. with a soft mod, you can't even get RGB out of a, a NTSC uh, Wii. But I'm not entirely sure of that. But okay, component. Oh boy, you love boys <laughs> love your component. So it was probably okay. So they. But then again, I'd be like, come on, boys. You really, you absolutely had to play in component and oh. you couldn't play in S-Video? Well, and, and one of the monitors I was sent with back was a BVM D24. And Shank's like, come on, let's get that D24 out. And I'm like, you're freaking dreaming. What? I'm not Holy dealing with all that. I'm thing, like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not pulling that out. It was in a flight case. Mm. And you can't really fit a flight case in the van. So you have to pull the monitor out, put it down, then put the top of the flight case over the PVM, and then just like set the wheels upside down so oh, the wheels are okay. up you know, yeah, on top yeah, of so it. Because yeah, you yeah. can't really fit all that in there, and if you do, you don't want it wheeling back and forth <laughs> to protect it. So that's not a good. Uh, okay, so that was the BVM, the D twenty four. You were taking that back for you to service for someone. Yeah. someone had left that for you. So I had taken a van, right, and I I had rented it with the intentions of taking Bob five CRTs to his place, and then he had a buttload of uh, BVMs and PVMs. Um, some of the stuff was stuff I was trading with him for some CRTs that I was bringing, uh, a lot of thirteen inch ones that I just told him I'd take. Um, mm-hmm consumer sets and then uh a couple of pvms and bvms to fix for people restore um and work on and then i had two people that were from patreon that came to the show and they both brought they were local to the area they brought a 13 inch pvm that they had a you know, mm. organized ahead of time to add to the load. So I was okay, really that's, full. On the that's way very back. convenient if you were in town for them yeah. to drop it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to get two people that had organized that and then they'll have to get them shipped back to them. But yeah, that's the other side, it. isn't it? Mm. I was able to fill the van with everything possible. And I said, okay. I did get to sell two PVMs of the three I brought mm-hmm. at the show to two people that were very happy to get them. So that was very mm. cool. Um, is I that Steve? Is that Steve? Because people. you were charging twenty percent above eBay price, so you're oh, sitting yeah. around going, "Oh, right. why did I sell the third one?" Ah! <laughs> I know. No, I wound up selling a two restored monitors, mm-hmm. one for seven fifty and one for eight hundred dollars. That's the truth. Okay. There's no straight up if ands or buts. That's just what it was. Um, one was the seven fifty was the thirteen fifty three or forty three MD. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was a 44Q, 1344Q. Sure. So um, those were the models, if anybody wants to look up the specs on them. Fully restored. 
Yeah, that's right. And I, th- into I think those those prices are, and I like the way you do it for what you've done to them. Like that, those monitors are, first of all, excellent monitors, and they've been restored yeah. by you. The the credibility that you have, the that the people know who you are, that you probably document the documentation. I mean, you've showed me a lot of this documentation that you do. The amount of pictures when you, it might be like, whoa, eight hundred bucks, but then you provide so much documentation, pictures. So many pictures of the work that's been done. They can clearly see what's up. They get a full explanation. There's no bullshit. It's like, look, this is the monitor. This is what I did, blah, blah, blah. So I think there's absolutely a segment of people out there who are like, I just want that peace of mind. That yeah, I can, well, there I is. And that's, that's what a lot of people do. And that's like what I'm doing mm. for a lot of them. And it's good for them. It's good for me. It works both ways. I mean, mm. they they appreciate my work and they understand because again, you're going to go online and probably pay 600 bucks for one and it right. could have nothing. It could work no time. Like these are at least I mean, these things will last 10,000 hours easy, no problem. Mm. And there's not a lot of people that are going to put that amount of Right, so you've spent on 600 online. Yeah. You've still got to pay some sort of shipping. You still got to worry like is that going to come back be, in bits of plastic? Could, it, and it could be junk. Like it could right. have you don't it could know. be right at the edge where something's about to go bad in it. And it's never been serviced. You're getting this guarantee but, that it's going to last another 10,000 hours. like Yeah, and know, I did bang. have... So what I would have is I would have... I had a... I mean, I didn't even have anything really set up. I had one PV. I had one PVM set up with a Mr. on it and a Super Nintendo on it sometimes. And, it, and then I'd have like a note where it'd say like, this is $800. Here's all the things that have been done to it by me. And then also more documentation available upon request. So... Somebody would come up to me and say, hey, can I see this? What else is available? I had a whole Google link that was just a document, and mm-hmm. it would have a whole listing with the date it was serviced, the serial numbers, everything nice. that was done to it. Sure. And then it would have photo albums linked in there of a 50 page or 50 photos of all the mm. work. Mm. And then what it looks like in a, you know, a test screen scenario. Sure. And I had that for each of them. And then also I had referred to the service manual on it. Mm. So you've got all the information there. When somebody buys it, it's not just a PVM. They're getting a PVM with a whole, as much I mean, documentation. documentation. No one's given that. No right. one's given that. That's as close as to like a, a manual or something you're going to get. So I mean, imagine if you were buying a used, a, let's say not just a used car, but a classic car. And do you buy? I think there's a. I think classic car really holds up because classic car is something that will retain value over time if it's the correct model, if it's the right thing. But also, a classic car is still something that you might want to use every day. It's not something that. I mean, it could be that someone just yeah. buys it and parks it in the garage. Absolutely, but it can also be something that. Hey, I want to drive it on Sundays. I still want to, you know, putter around town with it or have some fun. So, do you a buy it from I don't know some guy? It was Craigslist. He's got the car. Most like. I mean, maybe people know more about cars. Or do you go to the guy who's restored it? Look, I, I, I've got a long history of restoring these cars. I know all about them. Turns out he's got 20,000 YouTube subs for repairing cars. Of course, you're going right. to pay yeah. <laughs> for that for that, for that that peace of mind rather than buying it off some rando from Facebook Marketplace. It's just that yes. we know more about cars at, in general as a society. And the car market is probably more advanced and obviously larger than CRT. So it, it's more obvious. Of course, I'm going to buy the classic car from the guy who's got the great reputation for restoring them. Not the rando 
from some other place. And it's really, to yeah. me, exactly the same with monitors because I, I like the car analogy because we use the monitor. I'm not just buying it as an investment piece. I'm not just buying it because I think it'll go up in price. I'm buying it because... I'm going to use it moderately. It'll probably retain its value if I don't use it too much. Like a classic car. If I just drive it on Sunday, do a few laps around the foreshore, enjoy, you know, I'm not doing burnouts and go at 150 down the highway and stuff, but I'm enjoying this. It'll probably last me quite a long time, um, but I still want to use it. It's not like a, an item, I, I don't know, like a sealed video game. Well, yeah, obviously, can you can't use it because it's a sealed thing. Uh, this is a, an item that is designed to be used, and that's why I think it's it's so important to to get it from a reputable uh, re- uh, restorer like yourself. Well, and the, and the two people who bought the PVMs, they both were friends they were the same group of people uh so i'll tell you how that went but they were Mm. each of them had other crts these weren't their first crts they just were like they didn't even had rgb modded crts and they said we've never seen a pvm in real life and they were just blown away they were like we love the way this looks like this is just unbelievable and so I, I mean, I talked to them a good amount beforehand, you know, mm. before they both bought it. So there was a lot of um, they came back numerous times looking at it. Uh, it was <laughs> here's the way these sales things would go. It was sure. it was very entertaining. So sometimes Bob, like I said, or Jose would be like, hey, we found somebody who's interested in your <laughs> PVM, Steve. Come here and talk to him. And. I would be talking to somebody else about repair stuff, videos, somebody else who would come up. Nice people, wonderful, just always coming up all day. It was so awesome talking about questions, you know, about fixing stuff. So I was doing that. I would go down here and talk about this PVM. Somebody would be, like, in love with it, you know, have those have those big, gushy eyes. But see, these guys that were in this bracket were amongst our age bracket, Lewis, mm. or maybe a little bit even older, you know, with between mm-hmm. our age, maybe five years older than us. Sure. And... So they would get, oh, yeah, hang on. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Hang on. Give me one minute. And then they go, go sit there and do this number. <laughs> and then they get this face. <laughs> and then they turn around and they'd walk the other direction. You'd never see him again. <laughs> and I would turn around to Bob and I'd go, Jose, i go, yeah. The wife just told him he better not come home with that if he wants to come home. <laughs> it was so funny because that's the way it was half the day. After people would be like doing that. And um, then the people who bought it were the ones that uh, it was a couple first. It was a guy and a girl. And she, I believe, was from Japan maybe because she sounded like she'd been. She was like looking at the CRT and she was really into it herself. And she, it was the 1343 I had set up. So she looks at it. She's like, this looks great. He's saying it looks great. And then there's another friend with him that he's like, yeah, this is cool. And they're talking a lot to me about asking about it, you know, saying they know my work. They appreciate it. And they really like this thing. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, it's great. Here's all this about it. Um, And here's the price. And so they go walk away and the guy's, I think it's his, I mean, I think he had a, a ring on her finger. So I think she was married to him, right? Mm. They both had rings, I believe, or, or engaged maybe. But she came back alone and she okay. said, 
can you do a better deal on this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she said a number and I said, I can't do that much, but if you buy it right now, I'll sell it to you for 750. Just what I told you. I think I had 800 marked on it or something mm. or 850 um, originally. And uh, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so she went and she got him and they came back and they bought it like, you know, pay me. Mm. And I was like, great. You know, that's awesome. Thank you. And, you know, and I was like, look, I know you're still at the show. Would you like to just, I mean, I've got the other one here. It's not hooked up. We're saving power for Greg's, you know, <laughs> 3D printers. We're saving watts. Mm. So I'm like, I could just hook the other one up and I will put this one over there and you come get it when you're done. And she's like, great. They're both like, that works perfectly. So I would be in the booth the rest of the day, right? This is probably lunchtime. And they kept coming back and I'd be like, hey, how's it going? It's like, hey, uh, good. And I'm like, did you, did you, are you ready to get your PVM and go? Oh, no, we're just walking around still. And this happened like two or three more times. Mm -hmm. And finally, it was getting towards the end of the day. And uh, it was the buddy. He was like, hey, uh, will you make me a deal on this other one? <laughs> <laughs> the second one I had put out. And I was like, sure. It's like, you buy it now, I'll do, you know, 50 bucks off too. And then, uh, or however much it was 800 at the end because this one does composite or component video the other one doesn't had a little bit mm -hmm. different feature set so um he said great and he bought it and he's like i couldn't go home and have my friend be the one with the pvm and then i'll always look at it and i was like this is the only one i've ever seen i don't think i'll see a good one like this in this condition mm -hmm. again it's not it's a fair deal he's like i just I don't think I, I couldn't, and I couldn't live with myself if I let him get one, and I didn't have one. <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, the same group bought both of them. And then the third one uh, was just kind of hanging out there. No one bought it. Okay. Um, but it was fine. I didn't. I honestly brought the third one as kind of like a last-second thing. I wasn't suspecting to sell more than two of them. So I think it it's a good, good. analogy. I also what you said that if you were buying a PVM from you at that rate, at that style, after it's been serviced, it's a, it's similar to the classic car analogy. It's probably not your first car. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying a 78 Camaro or something as my daily driver to get around and, and spending a whole lot of money on it. No, I'm a, a person who knows about cars. I know what's up. And it's the same thing. I've got a couple of monitors. And, and as you say, I think there's that. I've got to the stage in life where I want that. I've, I've built myself up. I've got some money. I'm financially stable. And that's what I want. And it's fine. There is many different people on the, and you've just talked about the other end of the market. You already talked about the other end of the market. It's Shank and his crazy friggin' friends who run around with consumer monitors under their arm and go, look, I've set this up and it flickers green, but don't worry about it. It's gonna, there's no lag. It doesn't matter that it flickers green, right? That's the, that's the other end of the market. That's the kids, right? Right on. That's, you know, and of course, when you're a kid, you should be buying an old, I don't know, Mazda 323 Beta to rang around the streets and you don't give a shit. Exactly. I'd go to, look, it's my Mazda. It, it doesn't have any electronic bullshit on it. It's ter It's tremendous. I love playing at old school, just like Melee is. But then you get a little older. You get a little money and you're like, you know what? I've had a whole bunch of shitty cars in my time. I'm going to get <laughs> something good. And I, I really think it's exactly the same that this market is evolving 
a little bit. I understand that the market cap of CRTs, and it certainly is a drop in the ocean of the uh, entire antiques and collectibles trade and the antiques and collectibles market. But there's, to me, that even signals a little bit of evolution. There is an upper bound and a lower bound in this market now. And that's all really good. And it's good for you as a business person to go, of course, you go for the people yeah. that have got money, not the kids who, are, who don't have money. Well, and the people need to realize that there's different, you know, there, of course, we always say the same thing. And anybody, um, Shank always gives me a hard time saying that, like, I'm a scalper, just joking with me, of course. Yeah. But it's funny. I mean, I don't care. I, you know, personally, I know that, um, like, let's say, what if I didn't exist? It's not like it, we mm. live in some vacuum. There would be somebody else here that would be doing the CRT stuff more than likely. And it would have been me. It would have been somebody else who's make CRT stuff. And I don't know. I mean, would have they have been a greater person? I mean, my mission and drive has always been to study the machines and try to get the information mm. out there. And thankfully, I've been able to you know use that and turn that into a way to do this uh, professionally for myself mm. and, and be able to do job that I want to do. Um, right. and, it, and it entails that. But at the same time, because there's obviously a difference between what I'm doing and somebody who just runs a recycling business and finds a hundred PVMs, uh, doesn't even know how to turn them on, but wants the primo price of how much mm. they are, they will sell for occasionally, which is, you know, a couple hundred dollars less than what I'm buying it for. They shouldn't be doing that. It's just like the same thing with a car. If a car needs a new engine or a new transmission mm. or needs all kinds of work, it's not going to be sold for the market price. Um, right. So when you're a kid, you take a chance difference. on a crazy car. Uh, I've got a few thousand bucks. Uh, there's a guy in the next suburb and I'm going to go buy it from him. That's what you do when you're a kid. But when you're 40 or 50, you're like, no, I want to cruise around in something nice. Uh, Jesus, I'm 50. Yeah. I've worked hard my whole life. I want to cruise around. And I really think it's the same thing. When you're 50, you don't go to some random crackhead off Facebook Marketplace and be like, oh, I'm going to get a <laughs> shitty old Mercedes. And, you know, hey, it's a Mercedes. Uh! Like, no, you go and you buy a nice one from a reputable dealer or, or like a, a re decent reseller or even someone who's like, look, this is a classic Mercedes. You don't want a new one, but I fixed it up. Yeah, that's it's a good sign that first of all the melee kids are into it, and um, yeah, yeah, that that this is a mature thing that you can get a good product. Like, yes, I want to pay a little extra to be guaranteed that this is not dodgy at all. A lot. I mean, I will tell you that a lot of things are uh, things are good for the CRT um, sphere, mm. community, market, whatever you want to call it, as as the way that things are going right now, I don't, I mean, it still feels like it's kind of a growth thing a little bit. It's not where it's gotten so crazy that it's like jump the shark. Everybody wants it. That's mm. in the place and everybody's talking about it and everybody's trying to sell them like Pokemon cards or something. Mm -hmm. It's not like that right now, but it still is. Um, there's a lot of people that came up to me and said, Hey, you know, uh, I don't know. A, a lot of people might say that, I just want you to know everything you're doing is great. Even if these things are going up in price, mm -hmm. it honestly means that people are caring, caring about them more, keeping them. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're keeping them out of the garbage. They yep. went from being garbage. Then I see, recycling. and I'm not trying to knock people, 
and their passions for things. But I did come across like somebody written something and it was again, everybody thinks they're coming out with something new when they come out with some list of like the CRTs that, you know, here's a list of CRTs and tips to beat the scalpers. Right. And it's like uh, you read their first goal and their goal on this manifesto. It's like the Jerry Maguire speech. If you're familiar with this movie yeah, at the beginning of Jerry Maguire, he like writes this manifesto email talking about how, you know, uh, superficial and everybody acts and pretends to be. And why does everyone do that? And all this stuff. And it ends up making him, you know, people thinks he's nuts because they don't want to be faced with the truth. And he basically gets fired. Well, it's like they're writing this man, these manifestos on how to, um, and filling it with pretty 80% good stuff on models and, different crts but at the same time like they're like talking about oh well our goal is to only have the major goal is to make sure that crts are always cheap Mm -hmm. and i'm like that shouldn't really be a goal it doesn't it i mean you can Mm -hmm. always keep there's always going to be a cheap crt out there but if you're trying if if people are into something it's not they're not going to be trash anymore it's just Mm -hmm. like that you're not going to find them as trash anymore and right. it's like it's like comic books, anything. There was a time when you could go find um, really high-end comic books and you never have to pay more than 300 bucks for one, even like ones that are worth $50,000 today. Not that long ago. So um, I think the thing that's frustrated to me is just the idea that the only thing that's important is keeping them cheap. Cause that, sure, I so mean, we want to keep them accessible might be right. a better word. That we don't want to yeah. price things out of the market. Like, I don't think that it's kind of ever going to be that some shitty consumer set is suddenly 500 bucks per set. I can't kind of... Because there's obviously... And also a massive difference between the no-name generic brand that was released and then the PVMs at the other end of the market. I I don't know. I, I think CRTs will stay accessible, um, you know, can you pick them up off the street? Okay, as you say, people are going to catch on to that. People are going to restore them a little bit. Um, you know, we don't see a classic 70s muscle car as cheap anymore. Well, it's probably rusted away, so there's service. There's a lot more consumables on that. So, But you're exactly right. There's nothing mm. like... there. Mm. There was this, There's a big thing where, you know, like the old cars, they just don't make them anymore. So... Right. The best of the best of those are highly sought after by people with money, and there's mm-hmm. nothing you could do about that, unfortunately. I mean, the point is you just have to sit there and realize that, hey, you don't – if you're not involved in that marketplace, you don't have to go to those extremes, right, to be mm-hmm. in it. You, don't, and you can get the same experiences almost mm-hmm. with a similar setup that is a consumer TV and – a PC CRT. Yep. Or eventually it's all going to be just looking at scalers anyway one day. And so at that point, we're just preserving the hardware so the scalers have something to refer themselves to. Right? I think the way the scalers um, need to know, need to always mm. know what the CRT originally looked like so that we know they're actually looking like a CRT. Sure. I, I, well, so, I don't think CRTs are going to be so scarce that we... Like, Mike Chi has to call someone up to be like, yo, what does it look like on the CRT? I think there'll be enough right. around for that. But this, um, again, the classic car thing, because there's some 
I'm, I'm trying to break down again this older person in our generation who's worked for a number of years, maybe had a successful job or business, has that retirement money or is getting there or something. Some of them will have been car people their whole life. Some people would have been like, oh, I had that yeah, when I was a kid. I was, I was working on the Camaro and then that and, 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 they, and they progressively get better. And there'll be some people who, I don't know, hit 40, 50, cash out, golden parachute, get a little money, sold the house, made money on it. And they're like, yo, I've never, I've always just driven a minivan because the kids for the last 20 years until the kids here, time for something, you know, I remember the good days. So I'm going to buy the 70s muscle car instead. So there's going to be those people that have had it. And those people that just buy into it when they've got cash. And I kind of think it's a similar thing here. There's going to be, you know, some people that just jump straight in because I'm like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I loved it or I love the muscle car. I love the monitor. Um, I yeah. Think, also, I think yeah. an interesting part of all that too is how is the next generation getting involved in this? Like these hmm. smash guys. What if you're a guy that's in his, I mean, these guys late, teens early 20s and you're into this smash melee tournament and you go to these things and that's where you see crts growing up and you do that for the next 10 years you just see these crts and if it, every once in a while you see a pvm right mm -hmm. well what what's it going to be like that's what it's going to be like 10 20 years from now right yeah. it's going to be even more extreme like that where you are going to be having um you know, a demand again by like, what's that next generation? Like the, when are they going to get the money? You mm. know, we're, we're like, and they're going to be looking back at this era as the era that made them think about PVMs because like when we grew up, no one was playing games on PVMs on like the <laughs> television. But now all these guys are doing is they're playing smash tournaments on CRTs and then they're getting on YouTube mm. and they're watching us and other people play games on PVMs, so their whole upbringing is thinking about the CRTs and the PVMs in a different light, uh, and then like they will get to where their disposable income is available, and then they're going to be fighting over the PVMs and BVMs that are available 20 years from now, mm. and then I it's going to be the price of cars is going to be will be literally the same price as a <laughs> maybe. As I a wonder CRT. if the um, maybe the, or high you might say it the X factor or the factor that will affect things is, and you, you mentioned it earlier, VGA monitors. And we know very well right now that if you just attach uh, a, a simple little bit of scanline effect, nothing really major, will make a VGA CRT look you know, right almost exactly like your professional monitor that you just get a little scalar on the end, nothing big, not even retro tink 5X sort of stuff to either just line double it up to 480p, line double it up and put some adaptive, some, you know, whatever the latest scan line, artificial scan line technology is by then, which I think is not going to be a, like a massive device, not to be an expensive device. And you are already here in 2022 getting an effect which is on par, maybe hard to tell apart, from a professional level monitor. And that might be some of the X factor because I think that there are still plenty of, because th th that will happen even with a cheap VGA monitor. 
Even with your no-name, your one that came with your cheap computer around the year 2000, you'll be able to get such effects. So I, I do wonder if the X factor, if the hidden thing that could change things is, and maybe the, the analogy, again, I'm going back to muscle cars, is it that now a lot of the dudes are putting like full electric mods, like you'll have some sweet 70s car and it's full electric and it turns out it's faster and better off the line than the original sure, gas guzzling yeah. V8, the, right? Because it's electric. So think about it as a, like if you're looking at motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have you have the guy who's into like the street riding, uh, you know, like the crotch rocket fast motorcycles. <laughs> sure. And then you've got the other segment that's different that's still into motorcycles that's into the cruiser, True. Harley Davidson chopper, mm-hmm. different styles. Yeah, there you go. Style. You've got two different segments right there where it's like different things, but um the 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 vga monitors are out there much easier to get Mm. um good ones not as easy to really that's true i mean your high end you can find a lot of them but a lot of them aren't great hard to get Mm. yeah i still think i still kind of think if you if you even your entry level one like how to say, if I had the choice and I was like, look, I'm, a, I'm one of these people that you met that have never seen a PVM. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Do I get a consumer set or could I get a lower end VGA monitor? I think both of those could give you quite an acceptable result in yeah, that. Most However, having should should hmm. just see what is around and, and right. get something that's small, make sure it works. Mm-hmm. So it could be something where... I think the easiest thing to do is to just some people if they have some kind of console that outputs composite, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't, maybe just go for VGA right away, because mm-hmm. VGA is is more easily, uh, con- you know, convertible to something else. If you don't stay in the whole CRT thing, you don't really have to do much more. Sure. To go Particularly from if, you're, to if, you're, if you're any else. monitor, what PS3, uh, Xbox yeah. 360. I don't know. If, no, I don't know if the Wii does native 480p. No, I think you need the mod. No, it does. It does do 480p. Right. Yeah, so it it's possible to sort of push 480p out of that. So if you're in that generation, dang, just go straight for a CRT, yeah. a VGA CRT. But if you want to go in the older school direction, you should definitely just. Hmm. Um, I think the good thing too about going with a smaller CRT is if you get it and you decide you like that size. Mm-hmm. You know what the size of PVM that's that size is, right? You know the size. You just know the quality is going to be insanely better. Or you might look at that size and say, hey, for me, I want to have bigger. And you start looking at bigger ones. But you've got something for right now, so you understand a CRT. And then it's easier to get rid of that 13-inch if you do get something bigger and you want to mm-hmm. move on. Or park that thing in the garage somewhere as like your emergency CRT. A lot of people will just do that, like keep a mm-hmm. small one for some reason. So... Uh, and it's not again it's really simple to get rid of small crts even if it's you don't want it around you can put it sure. on facebook and somebody will come get it if it's small because you can I move it to you because you can carry you can it come pick yeah. it up and put it in their office in their right. corner of their room mm. 13 inch could fit anywhere just about. i'm so uh I, I and having said all of this and and i do um, I don't want to be the BVM elitist, but holy shit, it's really good to have my 20-inch BVM back. Like, wow, I'm yeah. back looking at that beautiful screen again. But the reason I bring that what up... What is that one? What is the... That is the, the 20E1E, I think. Oh, the E? Well, that's... I think it's that's the thousand... higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think better. it's the thousand line count. That's the Not multi-format. One. It's a single... Oh. 
not I don't know what you say single format not multi format so yeah. only 480i but it looks amazing and also because my point about this was it's a big square that has handles on the side of it I couldn't pick this up yeah. like a consumer set but I can just I mean I'm on by the way the reason that I live in this new apartment fifth floor no elevator that's why I got a deal that's why I got a fucking deal on this place right <laughs> I don't care. I'm I'm a cyclist. I can jump upstairs. No problems, right? I bet that was fun bringing that BVM up the stairs. Yeah, so I did that myself. I didn't leave that to the removal guys. But oh I was, my oh, gosh. 55 kilograms of BVM. But it's got uh, two handles yeah, on the yeah, side that are leg- I can hold them, right? It's not like your consumer monitor, you, like that guy, hold, the, the strong man holding the big rock <laughs> meme, right? You're like, this. So... Uh, yeah, they yeah. are. So you're right. The, the small look. If you get a smaller quality BVM, PVM, whatever, you're going to be able to move it later on. Which is an interesting part. I think it's a very interesting thing um, about the market for CRTs that there is. Uh, your CRT will probably retain a lot of its value. I'm not trying to say it's a good investment. This is not investment advice. Um, but if you don't use it like you know you use it regularly but not i don't know 24 hours a day but i, I where am i going with this point no my point is like that, the two i think you're saying yeah. like the two so the, the two most acceptable sizes and mm. the ones that will always be most desirable are going to be the ones that are around 14 inches and 20 inches okay sure easy to move right yeah, yeah yes larger, and then yeah. over 20 inches it starts to become difficult to deal with mm-hmm. so I think that's what you, maybe you're going towards. Does that, the D24 like, have handles on it? Yeah, same thing. Same okay, as same the D20. Handles, yeah. Or same as yeah. the, the 20-inch you have. It's got mm. the handles on there. And even the 32-inch has the handles on the side of it. But they're like double handles. So double. you use like... <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, you pick it up one person on each side. Dang. So uh, that one's a behemoth. Mm. <clears throat> the um, Yeah. I think I was going... My point about the the cost was that... Hmm, how to say it? When I look around the CRT market, and people can correct me if they see something different, um, I don't see a lot of people buying these monitors purely as investment products. I see them buying them because they want to use them. Now, I'm not saying... Like, in the long term. Now, there are people that buy them in the short term to flip them. Yes. Okay. We're absolutely, this is a truth that people buy them and then I want to flip them straight away. But I don't see people buying them and storing them for the long term as an investment article. If you're buying one of these monitors for the long term, it's because you probably want to use it, right? And it might help, might also help to convince your spouse that I'm spending all this money on a monitor and it, it probably won't lose necessarily all its value there's at least i don't know straight up i could get 50 percent again you know that's not bad um but these monitors are at least holding the value they, but we they still want to use them use, yeah they have to be usable right because if yeah. they don't work if they don't work they're not really worth anything and nobody's that's a like great running point. around if they don't work people aren't just buying one to have it on their shelf usually yeah and if they are, they're going to pay anything for it. They're smart. They just go get one that's broken prices. Really, mm. it's not that. People are not doing that. They want it to work. They want to use mm. it for something. They want to use it. Show it off. 
uh, say Which they I got think it. It does create its own extra place in the in the overall antiques and collectibles trade because there's a lot of lot I, I don't know maybe the majority of items in the antiques and collectibles trade that are not designed to be used that are meant to be i'm collecting this i'm going to keep it on my shelf i want to look at it i like having it or i think it's an investment uh, property that i'm going to then be able to you know it, may, it might appreciate in, in value but that's why i kept going back to 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 classic cars classic cars that get driven not jay leno style that sit in some warehouse forever right that I want to drive on a Sunday. I still yeah. want to drive it on a Sunday and I still want to use it. So I've still got to keep it. What do you, well, I don't know what you say in America. I still got to keep it regoed. I've still got to keep it like current. You got to keep it registered. You got to yeah, keep it insured. You insured, keep it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, inspected and all this stuff. It's the same. Mm. Like you say, it's the same thing. If the CRT doesn't work, it's not. it's not really a desirable thing usually. Right. I've never Unless heard of that odd before. And you want to see yeah. it. And. Even if you compare that to um, the things being used on it, video games, well, a lot of people are moving completely away from using their regular consoles on these. They're moving to misters. Mm-hmm. So many people are like, oh, that's the exact setup I need to get right there, the mister and a PVM setup just like that. And then other people uh, would get a whew, you know, one of the heavy hitters on the Super Nintendo or genesis mega drive list for game cartridges and they're not going to sit there and play that cartridge right even if they own it they're probably going to put that on a shelf and then go get the rom cart but Mm. the crt's got to always be ready to go and it's got to be perfectly calibrated and even when it's perfectly calibrated we can handle no little imperfections (laughs) in an analog signal why in the world does the right side look one sixteenth of an inch larger than the left side of the screen? I don't understand this. And you're only going to see it in the 240p test suite. Never notice it. I, uh, and I can't, I can't see the whole fact that I've only put this pixelated square in there, so mm. my whole picture's aspect ratio is way off. But I don't care about that. I'm just worried about this wonk I've got on this far extreme scan line that right. nobody in their right mind should be staring at. <laughs> you can't see no, that previous. Joke, remember, yeah, I showed you that exactly I showed you happens. that my my fourteen inch consumer Trinitron, and I showed you how this the it, it's not straight lines; they kind of curve. And you told me the yoke, and that was a real pain to try to try to move. And yes, I can absolutely see that in the two forty p test suite. But regular games, no, I can watch a movie and I don't see it. Yeah, but you yeah. know, like, oh, is it academically correct or is it just good for us to use? So. Oh, this this focus on my camera is not working today. So yeah, we will absolutely like. What's the reality of geometry issues versus the academia of the of the two forty p test suite, and the whole process of how the analog analog pictures even being made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a lot of people should go back and watch Artemio's presentation because he does a great job of explaining how this test software has proven that some of that like signals put out by a lot of consoles mm. is just bad like no matter what you do it was always bad it might be missing information and mm. so you can't even get a good test of this because it's already testing to show problems but it was something again we are fine tooth picking and like nitpicking at mm-hmm. stuff that back when it was made there was nobody doing this stuff <laughs> or it would have never made it off the production floor right mm-hmm. they were like send it man send it mm-hmm. let it go because and if so, you watch TV on it, if you watch a movie or whatever, 
Like you don't notice it. You don't and notice. You don't think, but you don't think about it either. You don't think about it. The, looking for the, the only reason that I noticed on my this consumer set that I'm talking about, and it's like wonky lines, and the line sort of curves down on one side. The only reason I would notice that line is because a uh, widescreen gets letterboxed, and so there is a thick line that you know gets curved downwards. But if it's a proper four by three show that I'm watching, you would never ever notice. Massive geometry problems with this monitor. You watch <laughs> or a CRT at all? It's so funny. Yeah, when I was exactly. Up, right. When I was growing up, I do remember like at the end of the night, people would blare, blare that signal, the signal pattern. Sometimes. Oh, the signal pattern. Do you remember that? But that, that like TV yeah, would stop at a certain would, hour. That would literally happen, and that's the only time I didn't know. That was so old, though. It was never more modern CRTs that were seeing that. That was like eighties. Right, mm-hmm. so that's '80s when I would be first watching TV would show up sometimes late. Uh, so that would happen, but after that, I never looked at a CRT with a test pattern on it until mm-hmm. I got into what I'm doing. So yeah. you know, your eyes were never even trained to notice things that were being off on the T on the TV. It had to be extremely off to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm watching this TV and it's giving me a headache, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh wow, the convergence is so bad. That like I'm giving this person a headache because they're staring at this movie and they don't realize it's out of focus to the point where it's driving them crazy. So mm-hmm. there's like that at the but edge geometry. Forget about it, man. You never like fired up a VHS tape. You never fire up VHS tape and it show you like a test pattern for ten seconds. They never had anything like that. Yeah. You'll never uh, if you're watching anyway, a VHS just, tape. Uh, you'd yeah. never notice edge geometry. Right there. Not really. It's more about yeah, a bunch of other and I and I and I theorize and I postulate that most people playing retro video games, if you had edge geometry, you're not noticing even no. really strong edge geometry. Just enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's cut oh, it off on, there. Hopefully, we survived and we can put, piece together a great episode. I can. I'll piece it together. All this. Uh, yeah. This is good. I, I think it was a nice talk yeah. in the end about CRTs yeah. and uh, the. I don't know what level we're at and where we are. And uh, uh, I think we need more of these as this market evolves. And it is it is a market. It's very, very small relatively, but it's evolving. And I think we need more of these analogies and more of this analysis of the market because it's not, um, it's not detailed enough anymore to just say CRT. It's, there is distinctions. There are classes of people who are buying these these things that we need and uh, i think we need to have a more detailed discussion about that so this is good I, i've enjoyed it thanks man oh yeah thank you all right everyone thank you very much don't forget to watch uh and follow steve's channel retro tech of course follow here like and subscribe and all of that for zez retro i know i've been away for a million years we're getting back into it we're gonna have another podcast once a week we want to do a recap of the conference first of all and then hopefully next week we're going to secure some guests since steve has told us how many good friends that he made at retro world so we're going to try and grab some of these people online very soon yes we'll see if they're actually we'll see if they're actually gonna show up right this Mm -hmm. is the important part are they really my friend or they just say that so i would leave them alone (laughs) you'll have to wait and see as soon as they get a deal on a pvm they're fucking out the door (laughs) all right everyone thank you very much for listening to the podcast ciao bye-bye